Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. All right, welcome to the 57th episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we have an episode all about personal finance. And as warriors, we need to recognize that our personal finances and careers are so closely related and we need to find that balance. It's a touchy subject for many people and difficult to discuss with our colleagues. So it is my hope that our next guest can bring you some much needed guidance and confidence in this area. I brought on James Love, a trustworthy friend of mine who specializes in financial planning. As an experienced financial advisor with his own practice, He has an entire background in financial planning and an amazing story to tell. He is on the board of two nonprofits, and he and his wife are the owner of a four-year-old corgi. There is just something about James that makes you want to discuss your problems with him and come up with solutions together, and that's why he's here. So let's talk personal finance and make your life even more fulfilling with our 57th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, James, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. It's just great to have you on here. And um, this is a question that I've had on my mind. I know other people are going to want to know as well. But why are you in the business of personal finance? Yeah, great question. So my personal story, so I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Texas, uh, Yoakum. So to put that into perspective, my graduating class was 94 people. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So, uh, so growing up as a kid, uh, my dad was extremely financially savvy, you know, 401k with work, uh, hundreds of thousands in stocks, um, you know, 401k, uh, Exxon Mobil, Pepsi, Yum Brands, things like that. Um, so from an outsider's perspective, looking in, it looked like, you know, he had everything taken care of. And, uh, whenever I was three, he was diagnosed with uh, cancer, melanoma. And so, uh, mom and him went to go to try to find you know some of the basic insurances because that was something he he didn't uh, check off and so um, of course he was denied everywhere because of pre-existing conditions so uh, from that point on he went through you know long-term disability went to long-term care and uh, then into hospice and so really just depleted um, the assets after that yeah and so whenever he passed away whenever I was three my brother was two you know left behind you know mom single parent school teacher uh, raising two kids so as you know school teachers make a ton of money <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah rolling in the dough of course um so you know because of that what it did is it taught me the value of, of savings but not only value savings just really the value of planning uh, and thinking ahead and so mm. from some of the social security money that you know mom received whenever she was a ki- whenever I was a kid uh, she allowed me to take some of that money away and so you know at the age of you know four I bought my first uh, CD certificate of deposit um, not Britney Spears but uh, actually uh, <laughs> CD mine was uh, uh, Backstreet Boys I think it was like Millennium or something like that Classic. That, Classic. That is, I love that CD. Yeah, that was my second CD for sure. Right? Nice. So, yeah, and then I bought uh, mutual funds at, at 12, and I bought AT&T stock at 16, and then I day traded the futures and commodities market uh, at 21. And so I've, I've always loved this idea of you know building wealth and creating it you know from nothing, but at the same time, understood the value of protecting uh, wealth as well. So that's what I do what I do. That's incredible. And I always tell people, I, I really like the fact that you brought up the value of savings. And even I don't think I had... Um, I don't think I found it to be that important until a few years ago when I ran into some trouble myself with uh, doing the startup. 
And we all know, you know, like school teachers, people who start startups aren't really rolling in the dough either. <laughs> no money tree out back. Oh, man, it's it's tough. It's it, Unless you have investors who are with you from like day one, um, yeah. cash flow is always a concern. Um, so I found savings to be of utmost importance because you want to make sure that you do have some, you know, financial mm-hmm. security and things like that. So um, I'm right there with you. And I'm personally invested in this episode. And I just really want to learn uh, some really cool key principles here. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I just want to also touch upon why this is why is it such a touchy subject? Like, you know, what are some of the emotions that are involved within personal finances? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I believe it's a touchy you know, subject uh, just because of you know our parents' generations and grandparents, it was something that they really didn't talk about finances. So, uh, you know, folks that came from the Great Depression, they didn't have a lot of money and they went through a really, really tough time. And so, you know, our parents um, and grandparents, because of that, they really didn't touch on finances and they had this stigma of you know not talking about it with their kids. Um, in reality, that's one of the the worst things you can do. Um, and so, one of the best things what what we exactly. found is yeah, being able to talk about it openly. Um, yeah. right? and you may not get into the minutia of how much you have in savings or you know investments. Um, that may be something that's relevant, uh, but really just day to day, you know what's important and why we're paying this, or you know why are we investing here? That's, that type of mindset. That's a good point because wow, it is like just this really taboo topic sometimes that we are afraid to talk about. But if we don't talk about it, it's like one of those things that could seep into like further issues and problems. Oh, hundred percent. I believe this is probably one of the best opening questions I could lead into, because I'm I'm sure this is something that a lot of our listeners are going to wonder. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that we have in our 20s and our 30s when it comes to personal finance? And then we'll kind of delve into it from there. Yeah, so 20s and and 30s. So I I believe that the biggest issue is just not knowing exactly what to do. Um, You know, we're trained, you know, we go through grade (laughs) school, we go through middle school, high school, even college, and uh, this is not talked about, right? It's a very taboo type of subject. Um, so one of the things that I found is really just creating a system, right? And creating habits. Uh, we go to work and we have our, our job title and we know exactly what to do. And that's our systems that we do, right? Wake up in the morning and we go to the bathroom, we brush our teeth, take a shower, right? It's the system. And yeah. so we want to really create habits around finances uh, and savings and, and investments as well. And that's where I found the lack thereof uh, puts people in a very stressful position, uh, and uh, a lot of times they go through life in their 20s, 30s, 40s without savings, only spending. And so they wake up not well positioned. Um, and that's what we're finding in today's society as well uh, with retirement. Yeah, exactly. And so you talk about having a system and things like that. I wholeheartedly agree with it. I think um, I'm a big budgets, Excel spreadsheet kind of guy. And I know for me, that's the way I like to look at things. We may have people who are in different stages, but let's say I'm in kind of the very beginning stages of not really having a framework or a system for okay. organizing myself and my finances. What's what's step one, James? What, yeah. do, you, what do you really think uh, it is? Absolutely. So for those that aren't uh, spreadsheet happy and love spreadsheets. Uh, <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's you. You're, you're the 1% on, on that one. Um, so one thing I found is, again, just creating a system. Um, so there's a helpful budgeting tactic. And, and by the way, all you listeners and viewers out there, do not um, turn this off. This will be one of the most impactful uh, budget conversations that you will ever have. Sure. Uh, I promise. Let's do it. Let's do it. Listen up. Turn up your yeah, volume truly. right now. Yeah, turn it up. Uh, <laughs> this is a game changer. So um, there's a helpful budgeting tactic my wife and I do. Um, and I would say 95% of our clients do this as well. And it gets people from saving anywhere from 5 to 15% of income up to 30 to sometimes 70 uh, in a matter of two weeks to sometimes three years. Uh, more importantly, though, is 
not only do they end up saving a great deal of money, but they actually have more fun with the money that they're spending. Uh, so I'll, I'll dive into that. So we'll take a, a real world uh, life example. So somebody who's just starting out. Um, so here in Austin, I uh, work with uh, tons of clients as well as across the country. So we'll say I have a client, we'll call her uh, Josie, uh, cause that's her name. We'll leave uh, her last name out of course. Uh, <laughs> so with Josie, uh, just getting started, she's, you know, 26 years old, uh, making 65,000. Um, and so whenever we look at the budget and the framework, um, one thing I've found is that budgets typically don't work. Um, and why is that? I would, uh, I would wonder why. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, because I've, I've had so many budgets before and I'm like, this is not what happened. Yeah. Right. So, so a lot of times <laughs> here's the word of operations. It's we get paid, uh, we pay the bills, we have fund and you know, we save whatever's left over. Um, for those that have actually done a budget, um, what I, one thing I found is you may stick to the budget, you know, for the first week, maybe the second week, and then you do it for the rest of the month and you look back and it's like, oh dang, I spent too much money on eating out. I'll do better next time. You go to the next month. Oh dang! I spent too much eating, you know, money eating out. I'll do it again. So you that's going to be every month for, for forever, <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah. So, so really, what you're doing is you're looking back. There's no real time data on it. On hey, how are you tracking towards your goal? So, really, the, the three things that we need to do. Um, one is figure out how much money is coming in on a monthly basis, right? So, if you're um, W two employee. Um, there's also ways to do this with contracted employees or business owners or 1099s. We can talk about that as well. But what you want to do is first figure out how much money you have coming in, right, on a consistent basis. So imagine we bring in 5000 a month, okay, as, a, as an example. And so what we want to do is figure out then what is our bare minimum living expenses. So this would be like the the mortgage or the rent. It could be the auto insurance. It could be the groceries. Um, this doesn't include, you know, eating out. You know, we'll get to that here in a second. Um, and so just the bare minimum living expenses. Student so we're talking well. like this is like your rent. This is your gas money. This is... Um, groceries, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so just the bare loans. minimum. So like okay. ramen noodle type of diet. Yeah. So bring in five, we'll say their bare minimum expenses are 2500 Okay, that's pretty common here in, in Austin, Texas. Um, and so the second, the third thing what we want to figure out exactly is, well, what do we want to spend on X, Y, and Z? So what I'll do is give you an example of, you know, having an allowance. So for for example, Chris, did you have an allowance as a kid? I did. You did? Okay. I did. Do you remember what you spent it on? Like what was that one thing you were happy, you know, and really spent it on? Oh man, that's a great question because, you know, the parents that take care of all the food and all that stuff. But, you know, at a certain age, it, it was like toy related stuff and I liked video games. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, so uh, imagine you bought, you know, the Pokemon, right, uh, game, you know, for the Nintendo, yeah. you know, 64. Um, how did you feel after purchasing that and saving that up with your own money? Excited and really good. Really good. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So one thing that we want to do on the the next one is have what's known as a fun account, right? A type of allowance. And so when doing this and setting this up, typically you want to put it away anywhere from six to 10% of income into this, right? Into this account. Okay. So in this particular example here, you know, that would be $500, right? On a monthly basis. And so what do you do? What's the order of operations? Well, one is you have a savings account or excuse me, a checking account that you mm-hmm. set up that's just for the bare minimum living expenses. You get your own debit card for it. Um, the second account is what's known as the fun account. And you have that set up with your bank. All major banks will have this where you put 
you have your own saving you have your own checking account and they'll put in in this particular case $250 on the 1st, 250 on the 15th and and you can spend that on whatever the heck you want, right? So, you know, we're here in Austin, Texas. It's it's uh, summertime and yeah. it's really, really hot. So imagine you go into uh, the store and you, you find that fishing shirt. You know, the one that's really, really cool. It keeps you cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah, hot. yeah, 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 yeah. So say you I go, want one. Yeah, we all want <laughs> now, one. Right? Now I want one. <laughs> so, so imagine you go in there and it costs 45 bucks, right? And on your fund account, you can pull it up on your bank mobile app and you realize you have 80. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to second guess that purchase, right? Do I really want that shirt? Do I really not want that shirt? And whenever you purchase that, what happens is you actually have more fun with the money that you're spending because in your brain, it releases endorphins, right? Yeah. And you have more fun with it. Now, on the other hand, imagine you went to the shirt and uh, it's really lime green and you wanted something more of a forest green. Um, and so there, you're not going to purchase that shirt, right? And so what have you done there? You've avoided buyer's remorse. Yeah. Have you ever bought something and was like, why in the heck did I buy this afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's that's amazing. And like you talked about some psychology behind it, which I think is really genius because separating the accounts has to be like one of the best things you can do. Because I know that was one mistake that I often made is just like you look at an account and you see a really high number and you're not taking into account all these other um, expenses that you really need to take care of, including loans, including, um, you know, rent, mortgage, whatever it may be. And you just like there's something about the number that might mix yeah. you up and trip you up. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So so in that example again, bringing in five thousand a month, bare minimum is two thousand five hundred. They get you know their own fund account for five hundred on a monthly basis to whatever the heck that they want to do. So if we do the math on that, you know they're spending three thousand, and in that particular case, they're able to allocate or save two thousand, right, on a monthly basis. Sure. So there, you know, they're saving or allocating forty, you know, percent. Right of their their income, right yeah. towards what what essentially they want and they need to accomplish. So it could be the debt, right? Yeah. Or it could be the savings or investing, or it could be taking that trip to London, like my wife and I are doing here uh, this weekend. So uh, that's where those other dollars are going to go. And by creating that system and that habit, you know, it just keeps things structured because you can tell your money where to go, or you're going to wonder where it went. Exactly. Right. Do you like to further compartmentalize? Um, just put this like further compartmentalize your fun into like subcategories or even like your living expenses because i just know imagining myself i might end up spending more than i imagine on certain items like groceries for instance sure good good question so that's where you want to go back and i would say if we look at it one is we want to figure out you know hey what did we spend in the past three months And, and average that out right with groceries or if you're up in the northeast uh, you know, essentially, the it may be more expensive in the winter time because of paying for heating than it may be in the summertime. It's the opposite down here in Texas, <laughs> right? It's really, really hot, so we have a lot, lot as far as going to electricity versus that in the winter. When I got my first electricity bill here in Texas in the summertime, I was blown away. <laughs> yeah. I was mad. <laughs> yeah. And there went all my money, right? Yeah. So there it went. <laughs> so, so we want to figure out what that looks like and then take the average of it. Right. And so whenever looking at it, yes, you want to compartmentalize some of the spending. I would say the bare minimum account is typically going to be very, very close to spot on. And I would always average up, right? Round up. Um, so if somebody comes out and they say, oh, my average spending on a monthly basis is 2400 I would round up to 2500 right? In that particular case, uh, just to make sure that we're, we're okay. Uh, now, whenever we look at those sub accounts, you know, I have a vacation account that we automatically put money into, 
Um, I also have this fun thing called Uncle Sam's Dirty Money account, which is my tax account because I'm contracted employee. <laughs> so I also have to pay same, my same. taxes. That was a huge. By the way, if any of you guys are contracted, that was a huge mistake I made was not taking that stuff into account. And um, it's you really need to make sure you stay on top of that. Like you're going to be the one managing that for yourself. Don't make the mistake I did and owe a lot of money that you don't have. 100. So. percent Yeah. Sad day. Sad day. <laughs> very sad day. <laughs> crappy day. Yeah, very crappy day. So so you want to compartmentalize those as well. So if you're saving up for a home, right, you can save for a home. I would I would recommend actually going and looking at some online savings accounts right now, um, you know, that are high yielding, right? So it could be PNC Bank, Ally Bank, Capital One Ally. 360. Yeah. yeah, Ally is a great example. So, you know, have those dollars allocated there where it's getting 2.2% today, right? Um, and it's a safer type of bucket. And so we know that, we know exactly what we're spending that that money on. So that way, instead of having it all comprised in the savings, then you make the purchase of the down payment. Now it's a really sad day because now all the money's gone. You didn't have it allocated. So now if it's all in, compartmentalized in those other areas, you actually, again, it releases endorphins. You have more fun actually with that purchase and it feels okay. Fantastic. I want to delve into savings in a little bit um, yeah. because I think it's probably one of the best topics we can cover. It's not sexy, but we'll make it sexy. Um, Promise. <laughs> I'm winking at the, the microphone yeah. right now. Biting lip now. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is just because I know this is something that's it's been tough for me, and I know other listeners are going to feel the same way. But we're in the heat of the moment. You know, we're living day to day, you know, week to week. Um, and we know we have these budgets we set for ourselves but you also talk about, you know, looking back in time and seeing like, oh, I ended up spending way more on food than I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes it's because we don't realize that the math is adding up, you know, as you go day by day. What are, I guess, some good ways we can keep track of the actual dollar amounts we're spending? Accountability is really what I'm trying to get at here. Like, what are some ways we can really track things closely and hold ourselves accountable yeah. For our purchases, absolutely. I think banking apps are, are great. Um, okay. You know, back in our, our back in the day, whenever we were kids, and you know, our, our parents were around, we had to balance our checkbook. <laughs> yeah, um, I've never balanced a checkbook. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing to be a financial <laughs> advisor, but let's be let's be candid, right? I've yeah. never uh, done that. Yeah. Um, but I believe whenever you create those systems and habits, so in that particular case, you have the bare minimum living account, and then you have the fun account. What you'll find is you're actually sticking to that. Um, better than than you think, opposed to just having one account. So by having it in those two accounts, you're actually able to track it a lot easier and a lot better, um, even with the fun account, um, because you're able to see exactly what's being spent. Sure. Um, and you know exactly what to be able to utilize it on in that particular situation. So you're second guessing your purchases more often uh, in reality by doing it that way. And because of that, you're having, again, more fun and you end up saving an exorbitant amount more. Sure. And in this case, you're, you're in the context of debit, not credit, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have some uh, clients, as an example, they'll say, well, you know, I have points on my credit card, right? Uh, and I get points. And I do as well. I have a, I have a credit card. So what I do is I'm, I'm very diligent with it. If I'm going to use my credit card, I'm going to go on my mobile app right away and transfer the money from my fund account to my regular living account where I pay that credit card bill. So we're still able to get the points, right? Um, it's just we're automatically transferring that. It takes no more than 60 seconds. I've never done that. I'm doing that today. Do it. Absolutely. <laughs> game great. changer. Yeah, game changer. Wow. Yeah, and, and before I get off, you have to label the fun account something fun. 
Okay. So <laughs> oh, yeah. mine's called Shake and Not Stirred. I've heard Tequila Sunrise. I have yeah. one girl in the Northeast. Hers yeah. is Tacos and Tequila. Yes. Uh, it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I, that is going to be a game changer for me. And like one thing, I mean, you know, we have, you know, bachelor parties here all the time in Austin. And so this is Bachelor Party Central. And um, that's one thing that I can see depleting from my account in general. So I think having that fun account is like one of the best ways we can stay. We can be proactive to make sure Absolutely, we're we're not going overboard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And touching on that sense of bachelor parties, whenever you're married, you can also do a fun account. And what you do is you get one meal eating out per week that goes on the regular live account, right? You have to pursue the spouse even in marriage. Mm. So you get one meal eating out per week that goes on the regular live account. Now, every each spouse is going to have their own checking account for fun. They're going to combine their finances, right? But they're going to have their own savings or excuse me their own uh, fun account on the side so what does this do um the spouse the husband is able to you know spend whatever he wants right the wife or the husband is able to spend whatever they want and there's absolutely no arguments in finances right because they have their own account it's not honey why'd you go to sonic right uh you know wouldn't even happy hours four dollars <laughs> that's never happened before right so um so you're able to do that and and by doing that it alleviates the arguments and finances completely and so i've had it where, where clients have come up to me years later and they said james this is truly like saved our marriage we we're arguing of finances you know beforehand it was a really tough subject and now you know everything is, is okay that's awesome. James Love here, not only saving your finances, but saving marriages. <laughs> That's the hope here. That's the hope. Great. Um, I want to delve into savings real quick, and then we'll have our lightning round of uh, question after question with quick response. Do it. wanted to delve into savings a little bit because I know this has got to be one of the most powerful uh, principles when it comes to your finances. How really should we prioritize our savings? Because there are so many different things that we are told that we should save for. You know, there's retirement, there's that first home, um, second home, whatever it is. Um, and there's this concept of having the emergency backup money just in case, you know, you're laid off or any point, which, you know, we tell our job seekers to do just as well. But how do we really prioritize our savings and how do we, I guess, allocate the funds? Yeah, hundred percent. So, so if we're looking at, you know, savings, I would say we want to have at least one to two months expenses and savings, um, essentially in the beginning, right. And we want to build that up to three to six months expenses, uh, as time goes on. Now, if we look, we, we have to actually just be diligent and start those good habits, right? It's going to be painful in the beginning, right? It's like working out, you know, in the very beginning, it is painful to start working out, right? You're sore. You don't really know exactly what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And you look, yeah, right. And you look back the next day, and it's like, there's no results. Like, what happened? I, I didn't, this wasn't any, anything. But if you keep, keep it up and you keep doing that, you look back, you know, a month later, two months later, and you see the results really start to come in. And so that's where, just like that of savings, compounding interest, you know, doing that. And so, you know, saving at least, you know, 10, 15% of income is is ideal and it is crucial. We need to save more towards retirement. And that may be another podcast for another day. Sure, um, sure. But that's, just, there's so much to talk about there. Absolutely. But just creating those systematic habits uh, is really crucial in forming uh, your long-term success. So 10% savings at least bare minimum is bare what minimum. people should be. Yeah. No matter what their income level is. Absolutely. No matter what. And it, and again, if you're working paycheck to paycheck, you know, start with $5, start with $10, do something on some basis sooner rather than later and yeah. bump it up over time. So my most successful clients, whenever they get pay increases, what they do is they take 50% and they put it towards savings, right? Their income, they put it towards savings. They take 50% of that other 
bonus or it could be uh, that pay bump, and they allocate it towards their fund account, right? They bump up their standard of living. So they look back five years, six years, seven years later, and they got multiple raises, hopefully, right, if you're a good employee. And when doing that, not only are they saving more money, but they're also having more money with, with, with themselves as well. Instead of, we see in today's world, they just spend it all, right? They get a bump up in pay. Oh, now I'm going to get the new boat, right? Or I'm going <laughs> to get the new car. Uh, and, and that's okay to some extent, right? I'm not saying you can't be happy with yeah. your finances. Um, it's just what we see. Yeah, fantastic. So say I have a goal, and um, this is, I'm sure, related to a lot of people. So I have the goal to build up some retirement money. Money. I have a goal to be secure in the sense if I get laid off, um, I'm, I'm going to you know be able to pay rent at the end of the month. And let's say I also have a midterm goal, like saving up for a house. Those three things, should I, like I guess, divide it into like a pie chart sort of situation? Um, your and, brain, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that could be good. That's yeah. my brain, yeah. That, that's your brain. Yeah. So, so we want to keep the end in mind, right? What are we actually saving for? So whenever we look at retirement, one of the things is you can always take out a loan for a home. You can't take out a loan for retirement, right? You're not going to be able to do that. So at least allocating 10 to 15% away towards that goal uh, is crucial. I don't know why I've never thought about, but that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so you want to allocate towards there. And, and depending on different accounts, we'd rather pay taxes on the seed rather than the harvest, meaning we'd rather pay taxes on our money today, more than likely, rather than later on, depending on tax brackets. Um, so that's where things like Roth IRAs right, may come into play. Um, so you're able to touch the money on the back end tax-free. Or Roth 401k with work. If you have one of these with your employer, I would highly encourage you to look into this um, as well. And once we, once we have those dollars, right, we save first, now we're able to allocate to the different areas that we want, such as the mortgage, right, or the future home. So now we want to figure out, okay, if I want to be able to, you know, buy a house in two years, right, and I want to put down 5% or 20%, now we can, all we have to do is do the backwards math and figure out how much we need to actually put away, yeah. right? If we're doing a $300,000 home, you want to do 5%, well, that's 15000 Right. So now, how do we get fifteen thousand in an account, savings account? Right. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't recommend the stock market because it's too short of a time period sure, for sure. two years. Sure. Um, how do we put those dollars there in the next, you know, twenty-four months to have the fifteen thousand saved? Plus, right, the emergency fund. We yes. don't want to forget about the emergency fund. Yes, we're going to have a separate episode on retirement just because there's so much we can go with that episode just it's that's going to be a, a beautiful topic i think it will be magical rainbows <laughs> sunshine yeah <laughs> butterflies <Retirement>. even. <laughs> we're gonna make it interesting for you guys don't I worry promise <laughs> perfect so i want to i want to get into a lightning round here um before we uh conclude with your final thoughts and how people can find out more about you here first question is what is the number one mistake that people are making in their finances not saving not saving okay. not saving at all Okay. Fantastic. What is one bad piece of advice that many other people in the financial world are giving to people out there? Pay off your home as quick as you can and not save. Oh, wow. Not invest. Can you delve into into that for about 30 more seconds? Absolutely. If you do the math on it, you will have more money at the end of the day um, by investing than paying off your home right away. Because your mortgage may be, we'll call it 4%. If we look at the market, we'll say we get a bare minimum return of six or you know six to eight percent on average, right? And you do the math on that, the investment account will exceed that of the mortgage, um, the mortgage interest rate. A lot of it is 
and like this is why I'm bad at it. a lot of it's math and so I think that's where people like you come in to play to like yeah. bring those things to light yeah look up dead equity and you can do your own research if dead you like equity okay yeah dead equity that's what your own home is excellent and concluding if you can give just one piece of advice to every person listening on this episode for the personal finances what would it be I would say create a system and systematic habits. Not only that is I would look at a, a coach to be totally candid with you. If we look at Michael Phelps, for instance, arguably the greatest swimmer of all time, uh, my wife loves him. I don't know if it's the speedo or if it's because, you know, he's amazing <laughs> at what he does, but you know, he has multiple coaches, right? He has a swim coach, a head coach, a dietitian, and a workout coach. And I can guarantee that there's some days that he does not want to go in the water and swim. Right. But he does it anyway because he has that coach. And so have accountability, find a coach, whether it's, you know, another advisor, whether it's me or you have another mentor. I would, I would say that's really the, the first step um, is doing that. Fantastic. Well, James Love, you've been an excellent guest. James Love here in the studio here at Capital Factory slash Let's See Grandma headquarters. Um, we're just so glad to have you in here and can't thank you enough for doing this episode. Appreciate it. It was yeah. fun. It was a good time. How can people find out more about you and how can people connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just James Love. Uh, you can find me on my email, james.r.love at nm.com. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a, a, a link essentially to my webpage uh, on this potentially after this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, as always, what I'll do for your listeners who are jogging or driving in your cars is at the bottom of the description, I will drop James's URL and his LinkedIn and his email so that way you can be in touch absolutely if you have questions let me know i'm happy to help perfect all right well this concludes our 57th episode of the let's see grandma career warrior podcast uh just so excited to get into topics like this um, because you know this podcast is not just about your job search it's so much more than that we cover things like finances relationships and other things so if any of these things apply to you please hit that subscribe button because we just have some amazing content coming up here who knows, maybe we'll have James here in the near future to talk more about savings and retirement. So this concludes number 57, and we'll see you guys soon. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks, guys, for being true warriors, and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.